The views in this do not necessarily reflect the views of WKNC, Student Media, or NCSU. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. This week's Eye on the Triangle on WKNC FM Raleigh. It's January 27th, the time is 4.08, and on behalf of the team here at WKNC, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I'm Ian Grice. And I'm Martha Donastorg, bringing you Eye on the Triangle on this fine hump day. This week, Marissa Jordan and Ian Raby bring you news from around North Carolina. Nick Weaver brings you modest, the Modest Mouth Review this week. He reviews the album One by the Wildfires. Kevin Cronk talked to Kim Register, sole owner of the Pinhook, about the WKNC Presents show, Save the Pinhook, tonight at 8 p.m., and Jamie Halla brings us a look at the week in pop culture. We'll have the community calendar from Peter Svizzini, and as always, Saif Hassan will bring you the news beyond the headlines. But right now, let's take a look at the weather with our newest contrib- contributor, Michael Ashburn. Thanks, Mirtha. This evening, the skies will be partly cloudy with a low of 33. Tomorrow will be cloudy as well with a high of 50 and a low of 33. There's a slight chance of a rain shower tomorrow, so be sure to keep your umbrellas handy. That being said, get ready for a beautiful weekend with sunshine Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with highs of 52, 59, and 64 respectively. Only in North Carolina can you find beautiful weather like that the week after an ice storm. For Eye on the Triangle Weather, this is Michael Ashburn. I'm Saif Hassan, and this is your News Beyond the Headlines. An Afghan policeman suspected of collaborating with insurgents drugged and then shot dead 10 of his colleagues in the southern province of Uruzgan, officials say. He had stolen their weapons and set the outpost on fire. Police are now hunting what they believe to be a Taliban infiltrator. Insider attacks on international and Afghan forces have been one of the gravest security threats of the later phase of the conflict in Afghanistan. But the number of such incidents has dropped in recent years after NATO forces adopted special security measures. More than 100 foreign soldiers and scores of Afghan policemen have been killed in insider attacks. The Afghan police force is notorious for low morale within its ranks, poor recruitment levels, and high desertion rates in the face of a resurgent Taliban. A number of police in recent years have been accused of corruption, kidnapping, drug use, murder, and child abuse. A Taliban spokesman was quoted by the AFP news agency as saying the group carried out Tuesday's attacks in the Shinarto district of Aruzgan. The province borders the Taliban strongholds of Helmand and Kandahar. Last week, four police officers were reported to have shot and killed nine colleagues in Aruzgan before joining the Taliban with weapons and equipment. The latest violence comes days after Afghan president issued a warning that if peace talks with the Taliban did not begin by spring of this year, the conflict could easily intensify with consequences for the region. The president said more effort is being made to restart peace talks with the Taliban. They collapsed last year after tentative steps. The Taliban have stepped up their insurgency despite an acrimonious leadership dispute following the death of their longtime leader, Mullah Omar. Switching over to Europe, there's been an update in the November 13th Paris attacks. Ever since those attacks, Abdel Hamid Abaoud has been identified as the man who coordinated the triple gun and bomb onslaught on the Stade de France, the Bataclan Concert Hall, and the Paris cafes and restaurants. But Abaoud died in a police raid the following week in Seine-Saint-Denis, and there has always been a suspicion that he was more of a participant rather than the chief organizer. Now, U.S.-based terrorism research center TRAC identifies Frenchman Salim Bengalem as the real ringleader behind the atrocities that claimed 130 lives. Early in January, a Paris court sentenced Bengalem, who left for Syria in 2013, to 15 years in jail in absentia. A notorious jihadist convicted of recruiting others to the Islamic State, he has long been known to French authorities and is widely implicated in other attacks on French soil. In September 2014, he was cited on a U.S. list of 10 designated global terrorists. Within a month of the January 2015 Paris attacks, Bengalem appeared on an ISIS propaganda video from Syria praising the killers and appealing to others in France to launch attacks as lone wolves. Bengalem had known all three attackers while being part of the radical Islamist Boots Chamont group in Paris, 
They had followed similar routes from low-level delinquency to violent jihadism. I'm Saif Hassan, and this has been your News Beyond the Headlines. This past weekend, the Carolina Panthers beat the Arizona Cardinals 49-15 in Charlotte, thus sending the Panthers to the 50th Super Bowl to face the Denver Broncos. Their meeting will take place in San Francisco on February 7th. This is the second time the team has played in the Super Bowl, the first time being 2004 versus the New England Patriots. They lost 32-29. The Panthers are arguably the favorites for the Super Bowl, as they have had the best record in the league at 17-1 and the best quarterback in Cam Newton. The NFL is eagerly anticipating this game, as it is the new school quarterback in Cam Newton facing off against the old school Peyton Manning, who is having a very down year despite his team being in the Super Bowl. The NFL and many fans are intrigued by Cam Newton, one of the most divisive players in the game right now. Many hate him for his unfilled antics with his dabbing and celebratory tendencies, but just as many love him, like the NFL's bank account, as Cam Newton has one of the best-selling jerseys of the season. He is the superstar quarterback the NFL wants and the quarterback the Panthers need to help lead them to their first Super Bowl victory. In other news, Atlanta rapper B.O.B. is a believer in the flat earth theory, or the idea that the world is not actually round and the government and NASA has been lying to us forever. There's nothing else to say about this. Over the weekend, Seattle-based rapper Macklemore released the song White Privilege 2, the second single off his upcoming album. The single has sparked many think pieces and opinions from everybody ranging from Black Lives Matter activist D. Ray McKesson to Machine Gun Kelly. The song is a nine minute long mess that incorporates horns, choirs, and sections where Macklemore mocks a fan who says Macklemore is the only hip hop that I let my kids listen to. It's all over the place and by all means just not a good song. It does not have the catchiness of Thrift Shop or Can't Hold Us. It is a song that Macklemore wants people to focus on the message of the lyrics. White Privilege 2 lyrical topics include self-reflections on Macklemore's inaction with Black Lives Matter, yet benefiting from hip-hop culture and by extension black culture. He also touches on the idea of white supremacy being more than racism and hatred, but rather people like himself benefiting from being white in hip-hop and a general self-deprecation from Macklemore not being certain of where he fits into black activism in the world of hip-hop. Many have decried this song as inauthentic and Macklemore stepping over his boundary discussing a movement that he is not truly part of, especially when there are already black activists and artists who have better songs about racism and white privilege. Some say that this song is in and of itself white privilege and white savior complex. Others, such as Black Lives Matter activist D. Ray McKesson, have expressed an understanding and support of the song and what Macklemore is attempting. Regardless of the song's quality, Macklemore has released a song that without a doubt got people talking and hopefully it will reach a new audience of listeners that never gave the thought or consideration to these ideas. If it helps change a few minds or gives insight into young white listeners as to what white privilege is, then it can be said that Macklemore has succeeded and hopefully these listeners will get involved as Macklemore seems to hope they will do by including a website that has information on getting involved with the Black Lives Matter movement. This is Eye on the Triangle and I'm Jamie Hall and I am now signing off. Hello and welcome. I'm Nick Weaver of Eye on the Triangle, and you are listening to the Modest Mouth Review. Ladies and gentlemen, what am I doing? Not with my life, but with this review. I don't want to say this episode is a bad idea, but this episode is totally a bad idea. What do I say? What shouldn't I say? This is so unethical. Oh, God, no. Okay. I promised I would review this as a favor for a relative, so here goes. Today, I will be destroying any shred of credibility I had remaining from being a college radio album review show. I'll be reviewing the album One by The Wildfires, which is not only in the wrong genre for this show, but also not a genre that I listen to ever. And I'm somehow distantly related to at least one of the band members. This is for you, Aunt Andrea. I will overlook the cash that came in the mail with the CD as a gift and not a bribe. Oh, and uh, all of you at home should, too. <sighs> okay, so, to start off, today's album is One by the Wildfires. Who are the Wildfires, you ask? 
I have no idea. They're not on Wikipedia and their Facebook page is really dense with information. That's truly sad on my part. I should absolutely know at least something about them given that I am of some distant relation to them, but I honestly have no clue. I think this isn't their first album. Maybe that's something, right? Oh boy, this is off to a great start. At the very least, their genre is a very clearly defined country slash folk. Yes, yes, you heard that right, country folk. On an indie rock review show, don't judge. But yeah, clearly defined country folk. Right off the bat, that's something I appreciate. I can easily describe the sound of this music without picking out like 30,000 subgenres, which is a blessing in and of itself. I won't say it's a strength of the band or a weakness, but either way, it makes my life so much easier. As for the album itself, obviously judging this fairly is tricky. Okay, I can't really use the word fairly at all. Let me try again. Judging this for its value as a country folk album is difficult given I know nothing about the genre. Regardless, I think there's a great tonal quality to the album. It's true that it's not particularly my taste in music, but there's something to be said for a two-piece vocal outfit that can complement itself flawlessly. And despite their very different voices, they come together really nicely. I particularly like the vocal range of the female singer, as well as her ability to confidently and accurately hold notes and bend them. Singing is hard, folks. This is coming from someone who was trained in choral singing for 10 years. It is hard. And these two are very good at it. So if I sound like I'm really hinging on the vocal performances on this album, it's because I think that they're probably the album's greatest strength, and in my opinion, its vocal piece. As for the guitar work and instrumentation, there's also some very skilled work in that department. The guitarist in particular manages to create a very down-to-earth, relatable-sounding performance while also upholding a certain standard of quality. Now, of course, in keeping with what integrity I have left, it's not all compliments from me. There's definitely room for improvement on the album. The songs do little to differentiate themselves, and little can be said for the background instrumentation. The percussion and background guitar are nice, but negligible. They sort of get drowned out by the rest of the song. As for originality, I may not understand the finer points of the country folk genre, but I think it's fair to say that this album isn't necessarily breaking new ground. It's about par for course as to what you'd expect in the typical indie country folk album. It's what I was expecting, and I wasn't even expecting country folk. Well, that much is a joke, but in all seriousness, I don't think that the album stands out that much. That's not meant as an insult, but it's an area for the band to grow in. There are other little minor things that could be said, but I think the only other real criticism I have left is that the recording quality could be slightly better. This is something I'm a bit torn over, actually, as the slightly lower fidelity recording mixed with the slight echo give the album character and make it much more personal, nostalgic even. But it's there, and it's up to the band to decide what they want to do from here on out. Overall, I think this is a pretty nice album. Is it my taste? Not really. I dig the guitar work, but overall it's just not my thing. That said, the quality is there, and I think fans of this genre should enjoy it. Listening elicits memories of growing up in a southern state, backyard concerts, and the smell of fresh barbecue, which made me really hungry actually, so if you're gonna listen, I recommend doing so after lunch. But yeah, pretty nice album and nicely pretty album. There you have it. I did my best. Thanks for sending it in on Andrea. Please don't do that again. I don't have it in me for another country folk album. For anyone listening at home that might want to give the album a shot for themselves, I have absolutely no idea where to find it. Try the usual places like Spotify and Bandcamp. I would also advise checking the Facebook page for The Wildfires. That definitely exists. Once again, the album is won by The Wildfires. To The Wildfires, if you're listening, uh, hi. Please don't hate me. I totally thought this was going to be indie rock. That's all for today. I've been Nick, though I'm also known as Linz, Plesk, Meerkat, or just that dude who can't dress himself properly in public. I'm less fond of that last one. As always, you can send in review requests by emailing publicaffairs at wknc.org, or, as is apparently our new thing, you can tweet to us at uh, EOT underscore WKNC. Oh, no, no, I got that backwards. At WKNC underscore EOT Twitter account. That, that that's a Twitter thing. I don't I don't do Twitter. This was this was off script. It, yeah, <laughs> Twitter. Uh, please don't send in any country folk or anything other than indie rock. This review was really really hard. Thanks again for listening in, and I'll speak to you all again next time. Good.
You're listening to WKNC FM Raleigh. I'm Ian Grice. This is Eye on the Triangle. That was Nick Weaver. Up next, Kevin Kronk talks to Kim Register, owner of the Penhook. Coming up, she will be talking about the WKNC present show, Save the Penhook. That's tonight at 8. And that is coming up. The views of WKNC, student media, or NCSU. I, I took an overnight flight from Portland and I haven't slept. So really? this is, yeah, this is great. I'm Kim Register. I am the owner, technically, of the Pinhook. Um, I say technically because there's a bunch of people that run that place and I'm just like super lucky to have them. So uh, let's just begin from like the very start. Oh, yeah. I started it with uh, with with two friends. So me and two other people started the bar. I was 26, and they were, like, in their late 20s, too. Uh, And we worked together. Me and this person, Liz, worked together at a bar, and lots of things happened. And we were like, ugh, we should start our own bar. This is crazy. Yeah, Yeah. come on, dude. Um, And then our friend Nick helped out, and then we just we started it together um, and built the whole thing and... You know, downtown Durham is really not inhabited at all, really. Yeah. Uh, and we were like, this is perfect. Yeah, get in before, like, everything starts up. <laughs> or, like, yeah, or, like, this might be cheap. Or, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. This town is our town, so let's do something at a really, like, sort of desolate, great area. Nice. Um, yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd worked on Bull City Headquarters, which was this DIY space with Chaz from Bull City Records. Uh, my friend Catherine, who was in a band with... Shane from FCON, Rebecca, some other people. Yeah, so that place closed, like DIY spaces do sometimes. And I was like, let's keep it going. And then started a bar because beer sales help. They do. Keep it open. (laughs) They do. So did you know all those people? I mean, you told me before this that you were in a band and did stuff with bands. Yeah, yeah, I've been been in bands and stuff uh, in Durham for a minute. I was in a band called Midtown Dickens, and then I was, and then I was, am in a band called Lonelands right now, and yeah, I'm in a band called Bad Friends. I just, you know, play music, <laughs> so nice. So you kind of, I guess, so you knew some people who knew more about like having a place, like having like a, like a set, like place to play music, I guess, or something like that. Yeah. Well, we um we were like, you know, we're still kids, but we yeah. were we were kids, and um wanted to start this DIY space because there wasn't a space to really play in Durham at that point besides Ringside, which was this amazing rickety three-story almost death trap place that we played in. I mean, speakers fell while shows were going on, and it was awesome. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so we started that place, and it lasted for, I wish I could phone a Chaz, but it lasted for, like, four years or something, so a hot minute. Um, Yeah, so we'd, like... Jazz brought a bunch of punk bands through and a bunch of bands through. Troika, the Durham Music Festival happened there. Hey. Yeah, so we'd like run something kind of before. So, so you really just wanted to create a space, and that's why you bought the space. Did you have any goals like going into it? I just didn't think about what it meant to start a venue, but I think that's a blessing because I was just like privilege and all sorts of stuff. But like, let's do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just wanted, I wanted, and Nick and Liz shared this to you, uh, sort of like that DIY space that like bands who maybe haven't played a bunch of shows can come play, um, sort of like Durham's watering hole slash like check out our dope music scene, you know? And I, like the main thing that I was super into that Bull City headquarters did a lot of was like open doors for like community events and like you know, queer space and, like, space that was really important for, uh, you know, uh, fueling or, like, being a space for, like, actions and just other kinds of politics that people thought were important that lived in Durham, you know? So how did that start up, especially the whole LGBT, like, free space? Yeah, and people would say safer space because there's no actual safe space. Uh, Yeah, I'm just a... Um, J is the D, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
That well, that carried on from Bull City headquarters because that was a mission of ours. Like, there's a sign in the pinhook that says like no ageism, sexism, otherisms, whatever, because that was an important part of that space and became an important part of my life, which in turn became a, an important part of Pinhook because Pinhook is my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's essentially it. And everybody that works at the Pinhook now is aware and has their own analysis and of that kind of thing and believes in those values. So basically it started because that was the idea for the space. And then every human that's worked there is just a conscious being, you know? Yeah. So they carry on those values with like, I mean, the sound guys, the door guys and people, you know, mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. It means something for the whole community. You could say, are there any, are there really other safe spaces in Durham? Well, we did gender neutral bathrooms um, a while ago. Gender neutral milk hotel bathrooms. How does okay? Tell me, how does that work? Because yeah. that, that's a hot topic. People don't really know. Is it? It's a hot topic. Well, I don't know if it's a hot topic. No, I like that. Like, <laughs> TMZ. People, people get heated up about that kind of that kind of idea, but I don't think I don't know. Is it as controversial as people think? I would argue that people who feel safe in bathrooms that are non-neutral, that are gender specific tend to get heated more than people who actually need those spaces. Not all people, right? But the people that have a problem with it probably don't struggle with gender. And the people who do struggle with gender need and deserve those spaces where they don't have to pick a gender because they don't identify with one or because Mm -hmm. it's not the gender that is ascribed to their physical body. So they don't feel safe or people, I'll speak for myself, like sometimes I present as like more masculine and sometimes I don't really feel safe in a, in a like bathroom that's for women because of the looks that I get, you know, mm. so or yeah. vice versa. So I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a hot topic, but I think, yeah, it definitely is a but I think it's worth talking about and the only way to get it talked about is to just do it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Is it just one big bathroom? Just like, hey, everyone. It's a well. There are two. <laughs> hey, everybody, pee together. <laughs> um, there we have two bathrooms, and um, they have stalls that lock. It's just people pee where there is somewhere to pee. Yeah. Um, or puke or whatever you do in the bathroom at the bar. <laughs> at the bar, yeah. <laughs> after the bar, after drinking some drinks in the bar. Yeah, well, but yeah. So it's just a room people go into, and it confuses a lot of people, and it's. Awesome, yeah. because then you get to have that 30-second conversation that's like, why? Why do you feel that way? Yeah. Is that a problem for you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's cool. I mean, if, if people can, like, expand their mind a little bit, learn yeah. a little bit about something they don't know. Like, do you mind peeing next to somebody who presents as a different gender than you? I mean, if there's a wall between you? I mean, I've never thought about it because it's just, I don't go to the bathroom thinking, like, oh, oh. <laughs> Better watch out for who's next to me. I just go to the bathroom because I got to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, their feet just are facing one way or another. I mean, like, oh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, too specific. <laughs> no, what are some features, you could say, of, like, a safer space? I mean, as far as I know, too, because I'm a white, um, some sort of gender-neutral human. So, like, I have privilege in that, you know? Um, so, but for what we try to do is... <laughs> It's hard because of that privilege. Like, we don't try and tokenize, you know, things that we specifically don't embody as humans. But we, it's like, you know, I realize that queer events are really important to me, queer. So I prioritize them so that, you know, okay, yeah, people can attend them and feel safe in them and like whatnot as much as possible. So mm-hmm. it's like, what does a queer event need to think about? You know, a lot of times the gender neutral bathrooms are important. And then a lot of the drag queens are like, please give us a place to change clothes. And that's also (laughs) important. And then there are events that are like more people of color come to you. Mm -hmm. And that is amazing. And I try and we try to keep our doors open to all kinds of folk and art. Um, And it can get really tricky because I'm not trying to specifically be like, okay, we need more of this particular Mm -hmm. kind of human in here. Um, But... As much as you can with your own privilege, I try to just like turn the lens of like that off and just, you know, realize we need more hip hop or realize we need more 
or I would like more drag shows or like more whatever. To... Yeah, exactly. It's, you, it's sometimes you don't even notice that you're like missing out on something that they might want, that someone else might want. You don't have that experience as that kind of person, so you just don't know what they would, what they would. I'm not. I'm just talking about like any being anybody. You know, you don't know what like an African American person would want or what like I don't know an old person would want. You don't know. Yeah, I mean that's true, and like everyone wants different stuff. Yeah. You know, and it's as people, as humans, and it's like, you know, there are a lot of people that like hip hop that are like excited to come to these events that yeah. are like, you know, white college students. Or yeah, like, exactly. da, 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 or yeah, like, it's, it's or, even, yeah. it's, it's not even like African American people are only listening to hip hop. It's like, you could have like an Asian guy listening to hip hop, and like, that's totally cool. Yeah. Cause like, it's all inclusive. Like, everyone can have their own personal taste. Everyone and this has. this conversation is always really tricky. I know, right? It's all, I'm like dancing with my words. Well, like, ah, you have to, cool. you know, and you have to be conscious and you will. Like, you're going to say something yeah. wrong. Like, I will say something wrong all the time. <laughs> Guys, I know if this is recorded, it's definitely going to be wrong. But it's like all about talking about it. You just have to recognize that like, or for me, I'm like, we are a venue, a music venue and a bar owned and operated by queer people generally mostly queer folk um a fair amount from economic privilege you know like or at least like i grew up in a cul-de-sac you know so it's like i'm you know that's what's up so i don't know anything (laughs) about not because of that but that's all i know you know so if i'm like cool i want like people of color to feel safe here which i really do it's like humbling yourself to the fact that you don't know what that means like, what does it mean for a person of color to feel safe in a space that it's run by, like, you know, like, privileged white queer people? Which is, I'm not trying to, everybody's different that is yeah, in that yeah, space, yeah. you know, but that's me, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. And I'm always open to suggestions. Always and I think, to, yeah, exactly. I think that's what maybe, that's how we do it. It's like, oh, what, what do you think, you know? Or yeah. what do you need, you know? Always ask some questions instead of attempting just, answer them <laughs> yeah just trying to get feedback before you do anything yeah and after like what's up yeah, what didn't work yeah. for you <laughs> yeah exactly that kind of thing always a discussion or conversation or whatever you want to call it in the community is always helpful yeah totally and i think that's like maybe a different a, not just our business or because other businesses do do this but that's a little bit of a different model than a normal business running in this capitalist world you know runs by because we're not like let's make a buck we're like you know let's survive but like we're not getting rich (laughs) at all obviously um and it's more about this other thing that's really important so they both work together we have to make money but generally we just want to be a community space capitalism Especially, like, for big corporations, like, they just want, like, they are solely focused on, like, making money. So it's not like they're necessarily intentionally doing things wrong, but they're doing what they have to do based on the system that they've been given, so. Yeah, I mean, and inherently, wrong is a word that you can use, but inherently, if you're not, if you're just considering money, then, yeah, you're doing everything wrong. (laughs) I think. True, yeah. You can say that, yeah. I truly believe that. <laughs> I can believe that. You got to have focus on people. Yeah. I mean, what's the point? Like, of just making money. Like, when that's maybe a personal thing, but also it's like, that considers nobody but yourself. True. It's hard, though, because if you have, like, a big corporation with a lot of people, you're trying to make money for them, too. But are you? Ah! If you have a big corporation with a lot of people, are you really considering the dude that puts the mail in your mailbox? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Probably not considering him. Probably glad that there is somebody that does that, <laughs> but you probably don't care what he makes. Yeah. You're Who in a big corporation. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like shutting you down. I'm all, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, you're talking to me. Just no, saying. I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know where the world will, will move in the next 30 yeah. years. The internet's changing all that a yeah. lot. But uh, don't want to get too deep off conversation. Yeah. So. <laughs> Break it down. <laughs> what, what's like? What's been your like favorite experience or show at the Pinhook, would you say? Dude, these next four shows are definitely going to be my favorites. <laughs> They're, um, I guess that's kind of a 
futuristic viewpoint, but they're already <laughs> they're already like even organizing them is so much fun. Um, but my favorite past thing, um, there are a lot, but we had a pride show that was really cool. That personally was one of my favorite things um, ever because the butchies played and they are like an old school. I guess they're not that old school if they're listening. You guys are not that old school. <laughs> um, punk band that um, sort of like in and around the Riot Girl time in the 90s or something. But I grew up on them. Uh-huh. And then Team Dresh came to you. And then I think Pink Flag played. But it was just like an outdoor show that we put on that was like my mind was blown. Like That's I got awesome. a lot of these bands that I listened to like in my car on tapes and shit to play. So Wow, that is the dream. Like getting, cool. getting your favorite bands to come to your place. Yeah, come on, guys. And they were like, yes. And I was like, what? Mm. Was like, wow. <laughs> um, we also put on Ani DeFranco at the Carolina Theater, which was really fun. Um, someone else I grew up on that I don't listen to anymore, but whatever. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Do, do they still play? I mean, now? Yeah, yeah. Was that recently? Uh, that was like two years ago or something. Um, and then, yeah, man, there's just been like Big Frida came. I don't know. Lots of really cool stuff. Bully on Monday was really good. Yeah. Lots of... All, all these shows... I don't know. These are I all really I cool. I mean, shows are always fun to go to, honestly. Just live music. Yeah. It's just an experience in and of itself. The Mountain Goats played, like, a couple goats. years in a row for, like, a NARAL benefit. And I get to play with my Credence cover band, which is really, really fun. Like, just crazy, silly stuff. Wait, have you played... Did you play with on stage with any of them, or...? With the... Yeah, did you get to go up on stage with any of them? Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's John Darnell is awesome. He lives in Durham and is su- the most supportive human and really loves the Pinhook and has mm-hmm. totally helped us out a million times. He's taken my bands on tour. Like, he's amazing and really cares about local stuff. So, like, that dude, I can... Sorry. <laughs> that dude just a class act. Like he's amazing. Nice. That's why I love this like quote unquote music scene, the one that I'm in at least, is because everybody helps each other out. Like that's what's happening tomorrow and the next day. And then like the these secret shows, the bands that are playing. I mean, I'm butts with a lot of them, and so that's a thing, but it's they just really care about Durham. So they don't need to play these shows. They're not getting paid. They're just like, dude, we want to give back. And I'm like, that's awesome. That is great. Play the smallest club that you'll probably play. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but it's for the community. <laughs> yeah, they're great. That is awesome. They're, wow. wow. Is, uh, is there any little hints you can give us for the secret lineup? So I, I want to <laughs> really bad. Um, but I just talked to some people, um, and I can't really. Mm-hmm. But I can say um, a lot of folks have stepped up from... Uh, people who played some of their first shows at the Pinnock and now are touring nationally, people who put out some really cool records this year, um, and people who will not play a venue this small. Um, pretty much, definitely every night, um, at least one band like that. And then, you know, they're stacked. Like, they're just people who are, like, there's, like, the first night, I'm so excited for all of them. And then I'm like, wow, this is like four headliners and one bill, you oh, know? Awesome. Yeah, it's cool. So you got some people, so you got some some people who started at the Pinnock, you said? Yeah. Oh, okay. definitely. Wow, that definitely. must be a throwback to them. It's a throwback to us, too. It's a throwback to you, yeah. yeah we're like, whoa, remember when? Wow, and now that would never happen. But it will because you're awesome and you want to help us out. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Cool. Um, I wish I could give. I wish I could give more hints. I can say that, like, genre wise, I can give hints about genres, mm. which I just got the okay for. Okay. So I can do that. What do you got? I mean, what do you got for us? Okay. <laughs> um, I see a twinkle in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the first for each night, night. Yeah, for each night. So they they're a little bit of mashup. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit of a mashup, and the first night there's like some really um, awesome. Headlining but opening con- more country bands, turning into more electronic stuff. 
Oh, that's an interesting mashup. Uh-huh. It's well, it's based on availability. We were like, guys, two weeks. Can you play? Cool. <laughs> Please go. <help> me. <laughs> so we're like, cool. You only got that day. That's awesome. And then the second night, um, same kind of like sort of headlining country acts or folk. I don't want to make anyone mad. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then more of a rock vibe toward the end. Mm, and then the, okay. the third night, it's pretty much all folk and country. And also, I'm very excited about that night in particular. Ooh. I'll say. Um, and then the fourth night is more of a, a uh, I, rock is such a dumb word, but uh, more of like a rock, like garagey garage rock okay you know there's a lot of there's so much i know but it's it's one of the harder nights the like louder nights oh okay okay heavy metal or not Um, that far mm, i would say no okay okay. (laughs) (laughs) this is fun this is fun i know isn't this fun? Do you think this is fun? Secret stuff? Yeah, I want to learn more. It's like <laughs> Christmas. It's like New Year. Or it's like, not New Year's. It's like Christmas Eve. It's like New Year's. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> it's like Christmas Eve when you're like shaking the presents. Oh yeah, totally. You're, like, you're getting a vibe for like what's in there. Get the shape. I wish that genre. we there's more to shake for you guys, <laughs> but just because of radius clauses and stuff, we couldn't. Yeah, that's totally. Fine. You know, we couldn't do it. We'll find out. Yeah. When we're there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll come. There. It's going to be so much fun. They're all good. All the bands that are playing, well, not that I can say something's good or bad. That's rude. <laughs> but they're all, some, they're some of my favorite bands. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to be there every night. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you like when it is, but I don't think I'm allowed. When? Yeah. I don't the show? I'm... Yeah. Oh, there are four of them. Yeah, I can tell you. I don't or know. you can't. Yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to. But I'll ask you, and then they can edit it out if they need to. Okay. <laughs> okay. So when are the shows? Well, they starts Wednesday, the 26th, right? I'm so bad. And then the okay. 27th. And so then, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. I don't know when this is I airing. think that was the word they told me I wasn't allowed to use was tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, is that FCC? <laughs> the T word. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> ah. um, and then Wednesday, the... I don't know. Then Wednesday the... The next Wednesday. Yeah, the next Wednesday Wednesday and Thursday. Okay. So January 26th, 27th, and February 3rd and 4th, I think. Okay. So, okay, yeah. So the next two days and then next week, Mm -hmm. Wednesday, Thursday. And that happened just because we were like, oh, dude, all these bands are asking if they can help. I love them. Yes. Why? When? And then we only had four days open on the calendar. <laughs> okay. So I mean, it's great that it all worked out that they still were able to come into some days. I yeah. Don't know, to like mash up into any days. Yeah. And, and uh, they did it. I mean, how fun is it too to not like have to promote your show? You're just yeah. like, cool. I'm gonna go play, and that's it. Yeah. I always wondered with artists if it gets kind of too routine, if it loses like some of its magic. Just like repeating the same, at like show you're like promoting it. Yeah, probably. I mean, for me, it has. Mm-hmm. So it's always something fun you can throw in there. You know, like a Fleetwood Mac cover or something. Yeah, just like a fun gig to play. Yeah, just it's just gonna be a party. These that- next four days, four days of shows are just gonna be a stupid party. And a lot of these people know each other, if not all of them. So it's just like, when would they play a show together? Some mm-hmm. of these bills are like what but they're like of the same ilk they like all tour i'm just like yes this will probably (laughs) never happen again unless we do some other weird benefit (laughs) true which hopefully you do yeah all right um so what else happens at the pinhook besides like shows i mean i know you said you got a bar uh is it just like a place to hang out or are there other events too yeah, definitely it is a chill bar for people to hang out at during the afternoon, which people don't know, so come and hang out. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we have, like, dance parties, and we have fundraisers for other people. We have speakers come. There's this, the Regulator Bookshop is going to present, uh, oh, what is her name? I'm so bad. Um, but somebody who's going to come and speak about polyamory. It's going to be very interesting in April. Um, Eddie Conway, a Black Panther, came and spoke. Um, you know, all sorts of drag shows. Like, 
a lot of stuff. Diversity. That's a lot of diversity. Of karaoke nights. And speakers. Yeah. Karaoke nights. Yeah. They happen every now and then. <laughs> yeah. So lots of stuff, you know. That's cool. We have a venue with like a projector and a sound system and we try and lend that to people as much as possible. Girls you, Rock stuff happens all there all the time. Do you proactively go out and talk to these people to get them to do this? Or do they come to you and say, hey, I'd like to give a presentation? Yeah, most people email us. Um, I have sought out like, if I, I've sought out some national touring acts for sure because I'm like, I love this band. Come play. Um, and then... Yeah, a lot of people just come in. Like Vivica Cox is a drag queen who's awesome, and she's like she like started where she started, and then started with us too. Um, and she's come back a lot and packed the house out. And that was just like she was like, I have an idea. Durham drag queens. <laughs> Raleigh has them all right now. And I was like, cool, let's do it. And she just made it happen. Nice. So, yeah. That's. Wow, I didn't even know Raleigh, huh? Yeah, Raleigh has... A, we have all the... You have a lot of it. Not anymore. Uh-uh. Oh, not anymore. Now you got some. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the last thing. This is a little bit more of the tense, the heavy question. Let's do it. But, uh, so... What does life mean? What is life? <laughs> Dude. Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> no. uh, but, so I've heard the pinhook is in a little bit of a pickle. If I can use pickle. Yes, you can. Uh. That's a brilliant use of the word. <laughs> um, yeah, we have some tax debt, and that is annoying um, to everybody. But it came all at once, and we didn't expect it. And I, I, you know, it came out of the blue, and was based on some really faulty advice that we got from our accountant mm. uh, and our bookkeeper. <laughs> Who, it, nothing was like on purpose. It just really wasn't very cool. Um, did you not get any warning before this happened? Or? We did get a little bit of a warning. Um, well, we came forward. Somebody, our bookkeeper was like, oh God, I've been doing, oh, yeah. like, I'm out of the business now, but I had been doing this thing and whoops, you know? And I was oh, like, geez. oh, whoops. And then we tried with our accountant to figure it out. And it just, you know, I don't. I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but it was definitely some like, um, not professional. Uh, it just wasn't very professional, and so we ended up getting slapped with an eighty grand tax debt that we have to pay off in a year. Um, oh wow! And, give you a time limit too. Yeah, and we're trying in this fundly campaign that we're doing. Um, we are. It, it's y'all are killing. Everyone out there is killing it. It's amazing, and we might be able to pay it off. Um, super soon. That's spectacular. Yeah. That's good news. It's so crazy. But yeah, everything helps, you know, like we're just asking people to give what they can and we're going to try and these shows are really important because I feel like it's our way. If people buy tickets, it's a way to donate. All these bands are playing for free. So we get the money. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's like, if the shows sell out these next four days, then we're pretty much there. So like, buy tickets, you know, see some awesome bands and help us out that way. Cause then you get something out of that, you know? Yeah, that's great. I was about to say, how can people help? So I don't know if I can do a call to action here, but buy tickets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. Cause then but you yeah, get stuff from it. it. You know, you're not just like, Oh, here's a business. Here's some money. You're like, Oh, awesome. Local music that I probably would pay a, a bit to see anyway, you mm-hmm. know? And then it all goes to us. Cause those bands are rad. And then we have swag. Swag. It's not swag. <laughs> we have swag that we're giving out to, like pinhook sunglasses and like you know just like stuff. So cool. it's gonna be a party. It's gonna be a party. Yeah, it, it sounds like a party. <laughs> honestly. Um, and y'all are giving away a, a four day pass too. Oh, I um, know. yeah, you're giving away a four day pass tomorrow, and your radio station is sponsoring quote unquote tomorrow night, which means I think. All of our bartenders, I thought this would be funny, are going to wear your radio t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Godzilla one? <laughs> I don't know. Yes, them, please. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> um, and we'll hang your banner and stuff like that. So it's just kind of like a spirit week for you guys. You know, oh, that's like, great. Yeah. That's awesome. And like, yeah, I just kind of want to like make the bartenders wear clothes. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wear, not clothes in general. Obviously, they have to do that. <laughs>
Guys, get to wear something. Wear clothes this time, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, cool. They're gonna be they're gonna be so awesome, um, and it's gonna probably not happen like this again. That's what I would say. Yeah, hit it while it's hot. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for coming in. Yeah, totally. Nice meeting you. Thanks for having me. You guys are awesome. Good afternoon, Raleigh. I'm Peter Swazeni, bringing you this week's community calendar, an Eye on the Triangle segment informing you of cool events going on campus or around the Raleigh-Durham area for the upcoming week. First and foremost, I would like to share with you the dates and times of WKNC's largest fundraiser, the Double Barrel Benefit. We will be celebrating the 11th year this February with two dates from each end of the triangle. This year, the annual benefit concert is breaking the tradition by venturing outside of Raleigh to include more of the triangle by hosting the first night at Carborough's Cat's Cradle on February 7th. And the theater will be hosting a special Valentine's Day celebration on February 14th for you to bring your loved one to sway to some local jams. In the past, we've had Polvo, Lonnie Walker, Bowerbirds, Lost in the Trees, The Mountain Goats, Megafawn, Spider Bags, Midtown Dickens, and The Future Islands. We're so proud to add Mountain Mariah and The Love Language, Towers, Ghost Blonde, and Lomelands, and Daniel Botchman to the amazing list of local musicians, as well as Hammer No More the Fingers will be returning this year. If you love local music and WKNC, get ready for a ferocious double barrel to get your year started. Tickets are $12 per night, or you can have a double night ticket for $22. Again, these dates and times will be February 7th at 8 p.m. at Carborough's Cat's Cradle and the Lincoln Theater February 14th. Now to speak to some of the events occurring on campus, this Thursday will be an NC State Voting Rights Teach-In. Half a century after the passage of the 1965 Voting Rights Act, access to the polls has become increasingly difficult for underrepresented voters, including students. In North Carolina and in every other southern state and parts of the Midwest, dramatic new legislation has created an array of obstacles for student voting, just as young people have started to vote at historical levels. So at this teach-in, you'll learn the story behind the dramatic struggle for voting rights in the 20th century, how NC's new voter ID laws affect you, how to register to vote in 2016 primary elections, where to vote at NC State, and how you can help NC State have the best voter turnout in its history. This NC State Voters' Rights Teach-In will be occurring Thursday from 7 to 10 p.m. in Withers Hall, room 232A. D.H. Hill Library will be hosting a talk given by Dr. Celia Hoden. This talk is titled Video games, psychology, and the user experience. This will be occurring February 2nd from 4 to 5 p.m. To provide a little bit more about Dr. Celia Hoden, she is the director of user experience for Carrie-based Epic Games, the company responsible for the billion-dollar blockbuster Gears of War franchise. She will discuss how Epic uses rapid response research, technology, and design to improve users' gaming experience. Following her talk, Dr. Hoden is conducting a workshop where participants will play and analyze video games using a user experience framework. Space is limited and registration for the workshop is required. For more information, you can follow the NCSU's library page. This event is open to the public. This program has been made possible in part through a diversity mini grant from NC State's Office of Institutional Equity and Diversity. Now for you engineering students on campus. This spring semester's career fair will be occurring February 3rd at the McKimmon Center. Whether you're looking for a full-time job or a co-op or internship, you will find the engineering career fair at NC State University a great place to start. The engineering career fair is one of the largest career fairs in the country held specifically for engineering students. The event provides an opportunity for prospective employers from a wide range of industries to meet with engineering students interested in working for their companies. The engineering 
Engineering Career Fair has enjoyed steady growth since its inception in 1988, originally held as a one-day yearly event that attracted about 60 companies and 1,000 students. The fair has grown into a twice-per-year, often two-day event that attracts hundreds of companies, serving thousands of students, alumni, and the general public. Previous engineering career fairs have drawn students from across the nation, and the event has also proven popular for job-seeking alumni and other visitors. The NC State College of Engineering and the Engineering Career Fair promote student success worldwide. Again, this career fair will be held in the McKimmon Center, February 3rd. If you weren't already aware, let me be the first to tell you, this week marks Triangle Restaurant Week. Triangle Restaurant Week is a week-long celebration of culinary excellence designed to incorporate the premier Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, and surrounding area restaurants. During TRW, participating restaurants offer three-course menu options and fixed pricing, a great opportunity for residents and visitors alike to indulge in the area's finest cuisine, no reservations, tickets, or passes required. I looked on the website myself to see which restaurants were participating in particular, and the list is so long I can't even begin to tell you where to go. Uh, check it out. All you have to do is Google search Triangle Restaurant Week, and you'll get the full list of who's participating and how much their fixed prices are. Typically, you can find a lot of $20 meal prices or $30 meal prices. Triangle Restaurant Week will be from January 25th to the 31st. And lastly, I found this water cooler mixer series, which is held at the Crank Arm Brewery. The water cooler mixer series is an opportunity for millennial young professionals that either work or have a strong interest in entrepreneurship, design, and technology to come together to develop contacts with local peers, produce new projects, and gain insights on emerging trends. This event will be held Monday, February 1st. It's open to the public and found at the Crank Arm Brewery, which is located at 319 West Davy Street in downtown Raleigh. And with that concludes this week's community calendar. I hope you can all make it out to the Double Barrel Benefit February 7th and the 14th. I hope you guys all enjoy Triangle Restaurant Week and best of luck to anyone going to the Engineering Career Fair. My name is Peter Swazeni and I wish you all a great week ahead. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC-FM. Disclaimer, the WKNC presents Save the Penhook Show is tonight, Wednesday, the 27th. Doors open at 7 and the show begins at 8. Another disclaimer, Double Barrel 13, night 1, is at King's Barcade in Raleigh. Des Ark, Schooner, Museum Mouth, and Naked Naps will be playing. Uh, tickets are $10 in advance, 12 at the door. And that is Saturday, February the 13th. You can get them at wknc.org slash dbb13. Night 2 will be at Cat's Cradle at Chapel Hill with De Niro Ferrar, Professor Toon, Sky Blue, and Earthly. And that's Saturday, the February the 20th. Tickets will be $12 in advance. And you can get both day tickets night one and night two for twenty dollars uh and again the site to get that is wknc.org slash dbb13 where you can also find more information we'd like to thank saif hassan kevin cronk jamie Halla, nick weaver peter svizini michael ashburn and kim register for contributing as always if you've heard anything you've liked you've hated or anything that made you think let us know on Twitter at EOT underscore WKNC, and also be sure to check out our blog and podcast at WKNC-EOT.tumblr.com. You can catch another episode of Eye on the Triangle next week right here on WKNC. For Eye on the Triangle, I'm Ian Grice.